interventionist God But I know, darling, that you do But if I did, I would kneel down and ask him to the podcast into this week of Sunday, January 22nd, 2023, third Sunday after Epiphany. I hope you're doing well. This Sunday, we are going to be in the Gospel of Matthew chapter four, and we'll read the whole text on Sunday, and I will just read the first uh, part uh, today. When Jesus got word that John had been arrested, he returned to Galilee. He moved from his hometown in Nazareth to a lakeside village, Capernaum, nestled at the base of Zebulun and the Naphtali Hills. This move completed Isaiah's revelation, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, road to the sea over Jordan, Galilee, crossroads for the nations. People sitting out their lives in the dark saw a huge light. Sitting in that dark, dark country of death, they watched the sun come up. Isaiah prophesied revelation came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching. He picked up where John left off, change your life, God's kingdom is here. Walking along the beach, of the Lake of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, later called Peter, and Andrew. They were fishing, throwing their nets into the lake. It was a regular work. Jesus said to them, come with me. I will make you, I will make new kind of fishermen out of you. I'll show you how to catch men and women instead of perch and bass. They didn't ask questions, but simply dropped their nets and followed. All right, word of the Lord. All right, this week, Fascinating story. The whole uh, lectionary text for this week is uh, Matthew 4, 12 through 25. Like I said, we'll, fin- we'll kind of read and go over the whole text um, this week. Uh, but I want to focus on two aspects of what's happening in this sequence, kind of in the theme that we've had over the last few weeks, or at least with the same mindset. Uh, the first is how interesting it is that Jesus moves from his hometown at the beginning of this, uh, the beginning of this story. Uh, when, whenever somebody moves from their hometown, and I'm sure many of you have, uh, it's a significant moment, and it's significant for a variety of reasons, and it's usually significant symbolically. We read here that the emergence of Jesus comes as a result of John being arrested, and I like how the message version puts this, that Jesus picks up where John left off uh, with a pretty much identical message uh, to John, you know, something like, change your life, change your hearts and minds. Um, this is, like we've talked about in the years past, this is a call to a new consciousness. And so we have to ask, uh, what are the dominant psychological and cultural narratives of Jesus' day? What are the dominant psychological and cultural narratives of our day? Uh, dominant stories about power and exploitation, dominion from the top, and Jesus is calling for a new consciousness of love, 
justice and wholeness from the bottom. Secondly, the kingdom is, is here. The kingdom is here. Kelly asked a great question last week, what are you looking for? I think this is a really interesting answer that has a variety of layers. The kingdom is here. And I think Jesus, we could talk about this in a variety of ways, that Jesus is referencing what it is to be human, the human experience of living in the present reality of here and now. Do not be future, do not be past, be now. So out of this new consciousness, the kingdom is here, there is a creation, a gathering of the beloved community, creating communities of wholeness. So this creative community uh, building that Jesus is doing in this particular story, uh, and that we'll see him obviously continue to do over the course of his life, uh, is community building that uh, this community emerges in oppositions to the kingdoms of empire and exploitation. We've talked about that uh, many times before. So Jesus is picking up where John left off, calling a community to a new way of being and a new way of living. And I think this for us is uh, a key question. What does it mean to follow Jesus? And if you grew up in church or you've been in church for any length of time, you've probably heard this story in relation to some kind of call for evangelism. So you drop your symbolic nets, and you follow Christ to go out into the world and create disciples, create, uh, you know, to fish for men and women, as the, as the message says. Um, that some, there's something about that that is a call to a particular kind of religious worldview, and you are to go out into the world and to create more followers, to get more followers of Jesus, or to um, get more members of your church. Or if you've been uh, at a church camp, and this uh, text has been referenced, it is some kind of call to personal salvation, to commit to uh, following Jesus, to giving your heart over to Jesus, um, so that you can be uh, a Christian, and when you die, you go to heaven. Uh, or it's a, it's a call to some uh, serious full-time ministry, that you are to drop your nets, that you are to commit your life uh, in a full-time vocational capacity to ministry, to be a pastor or a missionary or something like that. If you've ever been at church camp, you've probably had that call, all right? Here's the call to salvation, and here's the call to being a pastor to full-time ministry. Who's going to make this decision uh, to drop their nets or, or whatever? Um, and all of these kinds of interpretations uh, miss absolutely what is going on here, which is about what is the lived human experience. And I think the real question for us today is, Okay, well, in light of what the context of the story is and maybe what Jesus is doing, what does it mean if we take um, salvation and these ideas of um, ministry and vocation off the table, what does it mean to follow Jesus? I'm sure many of you have seen in the news and social media lately, there's a lot going about artificial intelligence, the rise in popularity of AI image creators and chat GPT. Uh, there's even, I saw this week, there's even an app that lets you text with Jesus himself. So there's a lot going around about artificial intelligence and, and really, I think, interesting conversations about uh, what the capabilities and role of, or what it, what it means to be human in light of the capabilities of artificial intelligence. I think this is a great question when it comes to uh, what does it mean uh, to follow Jesus in light of this. Uh, what is the function of spirituality and the human experience um, when we know artificial intelligence has uh, the capabilities 
of mimicking human intellect in, in surpassing it in, in computational ways uh, and is capable of creating art and things like that. What does it mean to be human in light of artificial intelligence? Years ago, and I mentioned this before at, at Mission Hills, that the songwriter Nick Cave uh, said AI could never write a great song. And at the time, he said, um, what we're actually listening to is uh, when we're listening to um, to to music is we're listening to human limitation and the audacity to transcend it. And he says, artificial intelligence for all of its unlimited potential simply doesn't have the capacity. How could it? In this essence of transcendence, if we have limitless potential, then what is there to transcend? AI would have the capacity to write a good song, but not a great song. It lacks the nerve. And this is such a great quote, and I thought it was funny because it came back around in the news this week because ChatGPT wrote a song this week in the style of Nick Cave, which Nick Cave called, quote, bullshit, a grotesque mockery of what it is to be human, and, well, I don't much like it. <laughs> um, fair. And I think this is a great point about what does it mean to be human, and what does it mean... Um, to live artfully, to follow Christ. Um, and like I said earlier, if it's not about adopting a religious identity or giving up your career in sales to become a missionary, or if uh, following Christ is not adhering to a certain kind of appropriate beliefs and behaviors, perhaps it has something like having the nerve to be human in the realization that the kingdom is here. And I was thinking, as I was thinking about these ideas this week, I was thinking about the question, uh, can artificial intelligence meditate? Can artificial intelligence meditate? Sure, AI can, can write a meditation. AI can guide a meditation. Uh, but what distinguishes human consciousness in the experience of life? And I think there's something true about what Jesus is saying here and what Nick Cave is communicating when it comes to music, that there's something about the beautiful struggle to be present to our experience of life. What is unfolding before us for this brief moment, this moment in the evolution of 13.8 billion years of the universe in the making as we rotate on one planet in one solar system in one of 100 billion galaxies. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to understand and to live this phrase that Jesus and John keep repeating, the kingdom is here? There's something about experiencing the human wisdom of the phrase, the kingdom is here. That this is a very holy thing. Something like dropping our nets is not about leaving one vocation for another, but it's, it's the symbolic uh, experience of what it is to be human, the non-dual nature of reality, realizing that there is no I, that the kingdom is here. And from this new consciousness of liberation, this begins the beloved community, emerging in love, justice, and wholeness. And maybe this is something like what it means to follow Jesus. He says, come with me, I'll make a new kind of fisherman out of you. So I'm curious, can artificial intelligence follow Jesus? 
can artificial intelligence follow Jesus? I assume like anything else that we're talking about, it can mimic human behavior. It can execute inputs. Okay, so if artificial intelligence can execute and, and mimic theoretically behaviors of Jesus, then something about what it means to follow Jesus for us has to be more than executing inputs and mimicking behavior. And I think that this is where the idea of the beloved community comes in. The beloved community is connected, is connected to, in, in rhythm with Mother Earth, all living things. It needs the fragility of the beautiful human experience, consciousness that lives from love. And like we've said many times before, uh, Mission Hills, um, that this love necessitates vulnerability, the act of letting go, the experience of grace, 100% unmerited acceptance. This is the place of the kingdom. This is the experience of here and now. And to me, uh, like that is music to sing and dance to. That is something like what it means to be fishing as new kinds of fishermen, that the human experience is your artistic expression, that when we realize that we are already home, then it's time to leave home, to create whatever is yours to make whole. Being only human is something like what it is to follow Jesus, not to mimic behaviors or to become uh, cheap mockery of who we think we need to be to be like Jesus or to achieve some form of holiness or enlightenment, but to be fully and holy you. To me, that is a very holy thing. So as we think about these questions about what it means to follow Jesus, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to experience and live the wisdom of this phrase, the kingdom is here? that what we're looking for is already present. And from there, the creative act of being human begins. That is a very holy thing. I think I'll leave it there. I, I look forward to our conversation as always on Sunday. And as always, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well. But if I did I would kneel down and ask him Not to intervene when it came to you Well, not to touch a hair in your head Leave you as you are If he felt he had to direct you And direct you into my own Into my arms, oh Lord, into my arms, oh Lord, into my arms, oh Lord, into my arms. And I don't believe in the existence of angels. 